Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Mark Machado. I've been tasked by the school to speak to other old priorians and find out how they've got to become the successes that they are in their chosen career path. Uh, my guest today is Keris Horsall and I'll, I'll let Keris tell you what she does. Keris, what is it you do? Um, so I am a screenwriter, so I write for film and television um, and, and short film and I'm also, uh, I would say, a theatre maker um, technically within the playwright role but I also uh, work within education and um, development of scripts in the theatre. That sounds incredibly exciting, um, I'll be honest. <laughs> so how? Um, let, let, let's wind it all back, right? So when you were leaving school at 18, and I know you left mm-hmm. just after me, what, what was your yeah. path? What did you do at that point to get to where you are? Well, I had quite an interesting year applying for um, universities because I was the first year where they were changing from £1,000 a year uh, tuition fees is going to sound like next to nothing to everyone listening now but it was being hiked at the time up to three thousand pounds a year so I thought I'll be really honest with with the universities I apply for um and because I was planning on taking a gap year and apply uh and then say I wanted to defer my place and so obviously um I didn't get accepted anywhere (laughs) because uh they knew that if they I, they knew I would come back the following year and apply again and they would get the full £3,000. So initially, in my final year of university, I had applied for, to study English and I got three A's at A-level and I walked away with zero places. Um, oh so that was pretty debilitating at the time, but actually probably the best thing that could have possibly happened because uh, I realised I didn't want to go and study English um, and I wanted to work in theatre. Um, so I, in my gap year, I reapplied and I applied to uh, the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, which was a dra- is a drama school. Um, and I applied to study what at the time was called alternative theatre and new performance practices. So I was really interested in theatre making. So uh, being able to write, direct, perform, um, collaborate. Uh, and make devised theatre as well so I applied to that and I got in um, so then I went to drama school for three years so the initial plan had been to go and study English and uh, things worked out differently. It sounds to me there that you've taken some time to kind of really think about what you do what you want to do and then you managed to find the course that really fitted 
what you mm-hmm. what you wanted to do. So when you finished university, what happened then? Like, so so I went to university with a really strong idea that I wanted to be a director. Um, I wanted to work and devise theatre in a collaborative setting, but primarily shaping the play and directing it. Um, so I'd gone to do that and I'd majored in that and I did lots of different stuff while I was at uh, drama school because they that's what they do they equip you with loads of skills Um, and one of the things I did was a playwriting module with uh, a playwright and screenwriter Rebecca Lenkovich Um, she's incredible I was incredibly blessed to have her as my tutor she is the first living female playwright to have a play on uh, in the main stage at the national Um, And that was only in 2010, so that kind of tells you how uh, it is for female playwrights. (laughs) Wow, that wasn't that long Um, ago at all, was it? No, and so she basically read, she worked with us for a a term on on the module of playwriting, and she said, you know, you you should send this to the Royal Court. And it was just, you know, it was just a module that I was doing. I didn't feel particularly strongly about playwriting at the time but I followed her advice and I sent it to the Royal Court and I got invited to take part in the Royal Court Young Writers Programme. Um, I was 19 at the time and then um, very shortly after they asked me to be a part of what was called the invitation only group so they invited a select few back to work with them again and then they invited a handful of us back and um, they nicknamed us the super group um, (laughs) of playwrights. And that was alongside writers such as Nick Payne, uh, Penny Skinner, um, Anya Reese, so lots of really amazing writers. So within a year, I'd been, and this was extracurricular, I was doing my BA at drama school and then in evenings working and doing stuff at the Royal Court. So by the time I'd left drama school, I had decided that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write. And I didn't just want to write. I wanted to develop plays and help other people write and work as in that kind of dramaturg and script editor capacity. Um, for cultural heathens listening out there, what exactly is the Royal Court and why is that so significant? So the Royal Court is a new writing theatre um, that is a, an incredible breeding ground for new work. And a lot of the writers who... Um, go on to be BAFTA award-winning screenwriters in television and film, have started their careers at the Royal Court. Um, It's a cultural monolith in its own right. Like, it doesn't just generate people who then move on to write in film and TV. It produces amazing and exciting work. So it was a real uh, honour, really, to be invited to do their Young Writers Programme, which is very prestigious. Um, I believe it still runs, and you don't actually need any qualifications or any training to apply for it you just have to be able to send in 10 pages of writing and the young writers program uh, is for 18 to 25 year olds so i'm pretty certain they're still doing that but it's worth checking out the royal courts website wow that sounds uh, like quite an honor to be part of it so um mm. did you stay associated with the royal court all the way through university and then what happens once you finished your your ba so I applied for the Royal Court Programme in 2008, I think it was, which was the second year of my un- university course. And then 2009, I graduated around about the same time that I kind of finished my sort of year, ultimately, I was working with them. Um, and then I decided that I was just going to start sending my work to as many places as possible. Um, because lots of it at the time, unfortunately now because of the art cut, um, a lot of uh, fringe theatres don't 
really have the capacity to read unsolicited plays. But at the time, there was much more funding for that kind of thing. And so there were a lot more places that you could send your work. So I sent my work to everywhere possible. And then as a result, I had lots of short pieces um, go on at fringe venues, um, which is a really great way if you're interested to get in getting into dramatic writing. Um, it's a great testing ground for you. Um, is a short piece because it puts your work in front of an audience um, and you start to understand the dynamic of that but um, also you uh, are not committing to a full-length piece which would come under to you know scrutiny through um, critics and stuff like that so it's a great way to develop your work uh, obviously because of the arts cuts unfortunately a lot of those theatres are um, unable to read unsolicited work, uh, work but a lot of them still have what they call unsolicited windows so they'll read your work um, every you know once a year every couple of months so um, so they'll have a cycle once a year if yeah. that makes sense so it's worth it again just googling about fringe venues that read unsolicited work and then you can send your work presumably you you've had success and time to get theatres to pick your work up what, what what does that feel like and how how does that process work once you've you know once they've read your work where does it go from there what's the the cycle um it really depends um what their plan is for the output of the work as i said lots of places um so my journey was that i graduated into a, a global recession and uh, and then a new government took over in 2010 and the focus moved away from the arts, um, which cut a lot of funding. The hard part for me really was that I ended up stuck on a development process, basically. So the trickiest part, I think, is that um, in terms of fringe theatres at the time who'd had their funding cut, um, if you have the choice between producing a well-known playwright that you know will get bums on seats um, and thus you'll get a return in ticket sales over an emerging playwright who's a risk and um, you aren't necessarily guaranteed that you're going to make your money back in terms of potentially producing their work. Obviously, lots of fringe theatres that had had their funding cuts lost the, lost the ability to take risks. So in that case, they would generally um, choose a lot of places uh, would choose to produce a well-known artist over um, a young emerging artist. Um, so me, like many other, others of my peers um, at the time, I got stuck in um, a development process, kind of. I was eternally having work developed with theatres and none of it was actually being produced, um, which was a really tricky place to be. Um, but a sign of the times um, and the arts at that time and and still now um so i decided to produce my own work yeah which i had the luxury of doing um i wouldn't have had the luxury of doing it necessarily if i didn't already live in london and um have you know parents that live here if i lived outside and was having to pay rent in london um or have all of the pressures of living in london at the time then i wouldn't have been able to produce my own work so i am definitely am aware that i'm very lucky what I would take from that is I did a lot of uh, internships and yeah. um, producing my work during my university time in the summer holidays because I was back at my parents in London, not paying rent, and I was able to then take on internships, which at the time were unpaid, um, or put on work um, that wasn't necessarily going to make a return. Um, so 
after getting stuck in development process uh, processes for a long time and being really frustrated by that, I decided to go off and make my own work. Um, there's some really incredible theatre festivals in London that yeah. uh, have a really good cut for the artists. So you get a split of the box office and there's a good split here. The splits vary, you know, in Edinburgh it can be quite minimal. So we, I decided to make some of my own plays, put my own plays on and take them to festivals such as the Bolt Festival, which is a really incredible festival. Um, and it doesn't actually receive any funding. It does it all on its own amazing um so i would recommend again if you have a piece of work that you want to share take it to the vault and see if you can submit and be uh, part of the festival that year so i did that two years running um and that was incredible and a really great learning experience because i got to learn to produce theater as well so that's why i would say i'm a theater maker because I, i've written directed and produced you've recently been working with bbc northern ireland and written something for them yeah. that's been uh, um, across their platforms how did that come about so I got very fed up with theatre <laughs> because uh, of there being such a lack of funding. And, and the other thing I do is read a lot of scripts. So I'm a script reader for various different theatre companies. Um, so I can see that there's such a wealth of work that's just not necessarily being produced. Yeah. So I decided that I was going to uh, retrain um, to work in film and television um, because I felt that theatre is dependent on you being able to afford a ticket yeah. and film and television can be so widely shared. And it felt to me more of a kind of democratic medium, um, if that makes sense. So I then uh, went and applied for a master's at Goldsmith um, in, their, uh, in script writing in their film and TV department, which is really well known. Um, and I did that for a year and it was incredible. And uh, as part of my course there, I wrote a feature film and I also had a short film produced, made, um, shot and uh, shared and distributed at festivals. So it was a really incredible year and learning experience. And as a result of the feature script that I wrote and the short film that I wrote, I was picked up by an agency, um, which is just massively helpful in film and TV because you can make theatre uh, if you don't have an agent, you can you can make it and share it at festivals, but it's a lot harder, I think, in film and te- television to make, a, say, a feature film without the funding, um, which you really need an agent to help expose you um, t- to different producers to get that funding. So, um, yeah, so I applied with my feature film to a competition on BBC Writers' Room, which is, again, another resource that you should check out if you're really interested in dramatic writing. And um, they read my script. And I was one of the five people chosen um, from those submissions to shoot a short for BBC Northern Ireland and BBC Three. So I wrote a short um, TV, uh, a webisode essentially for them. Um, and that was produced and went out on BBC Three. And, and that's still available to watch, isn't it? What's it called? It is still available. It's on iPlayer now. Um, it's the, the series is called The Break and my episode is called Clean. Um, so that was a really amazing experience and just yeah it's just really invigorated me and also kind of I still love theatre I I will always love theatre and I I will continue to write for theatre but I realised that the medium that I think that my writing is most suited to is probably film TV so that's how I ended up on film and TV a very convoluted path and absolutely not 
where I was expecting to be when I was applying to do English in my final year um, at St. Benedict's. <laughs> um, I've got two more questions before I let you go. Um, firstly, yeah. if, you, if you could go back and have a chat with your 18-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? What would your advice be to yourself at that point? Oh, my God, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously, you know, I definitely got the grades. I got um, three A's um, at A-level and but I hadn't got the places and I was really worried. And um, I know that that was, you know, quite clearly because of the setup of me, you know, deferring when they could have me reapply and get 3000, you know, it, yeah, it was diplomatic. Yeah. It felt it like m- a diplomatic thing. It must've felt though, um, that your whole world was caving in at that moment though, right? Yeah. I'd worked so hard to get those grades and then I didn't have anywhere to go with them. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's all going to be okay. And, and just like, there are a lot of twists and turns on the path. Um, yeah. But sometimes rejection is just redirection. And that's one of the most important things that I've learned, especially working in an industry where you are constantly rejected. Um, rejected in the auditions, rejected when you send a script in. So, and it can just, that is, rejection is often redirection. Me and you are both lucky enough to work in creative fields. And I think mm-hmm. the one thing I would say is if you want to get into any sort of creative arts, any sort, anything that's vaguely creative, then get used to rejection, get prepared for it because it's going mm-hmm. to happen more than more than acceptance happens, right? <laughs> like, Yeah, and, and everyone says, oh, you know, you have to develop a thick skin. And I don't think that's necessarily true because I think part of being creative is that you are able to tap into vulnerability and... Um, and you have to be vulnerable when you're going to walk in front of a stage and speak to an audience. And you also yeah. have to be vulnerable if you're going to write something meaningful and have it exposed to an audience. So I don't think it's about developing a thick skin. I think it's about understanding that it's nothing to do with you when you're when someone rejects you. That like, so I couldn't see it at the time when I didn't get in, you know, despite having the grades. But now I can see that it was, you know, far more. There was a lot of politics and that, that you know, yeah. going on behind that decision. And also similarly. You know, working for me, I wor- I've worked in literary departments for theatres, and I have read incredible scripts, um, but we haven't been able to produce them because we've done something similar the year before. And yeah. it's nothing; it's not at all a comment on the person's ability. It, it is politics, and there is so much politics involved in cre- the creative process. And so, just being able to shrug something off and walk away, and just think, you know, this is obviously not for me but I know I just trust that what I'm doing is going to pay off and that there is something for me that's going to happen shortly after. Yeah. That would be my advice. Uh, One final question before I let you go. How are you finding isolation? Oh, (laughs) do you know what? Actually, it's not that different in terms of like work. So how I usually work because I'm often having meetings on on my laptop um, and often sitting alone in a room writing um, because it's quite you know solitude and writing go hand in hand really but it's actually the fact that I take a lot of energy from people around me Um, I didn't think I was an extrovert I think I've realized over this process that I am Um, and I also take a lot of inspiration from going out and hearing conversations and speaking to people about how they feel about a certain situation a lot of my work's quite uh, it aims to be quite prescient and political and on the in the moment um 
And I also enjoy hearing, like I write dialogue. I enjoy hearing people have conversations and I feel so starved of those moments <laughs> in the isolation. Oh, that I just, it, yeah. Yeah. It, I, I'm really struggling in terms of inspiration. Um, but in terms of actually the job that I do, it's not that different. Karis Orsall, thank you for taking your time to talk to me today. Not at all. Thank you for having me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.